Welcome one, welcome all to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and this is episode number three, where we're tackling health and wellness. And yes, because of the topic at hand and because of current events, we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and the impact that it's had here in Middle Tennessee and across the United States. Now, uh, I also have a special guest on the show this week uh, to talk about nothing coronavirus related. Uh, his name is Dylan Valenzuela. He is the manager and program director at Awatuki Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. I've known Dylan for a few years now, and he's helped me on my own weight loss journey. So he and I are going to talk about the uh, health benefits of being at a reasonable weight and how that specifically affects men going forward. So the main story this week, whether you're man, woman, adult, child, he, she, Z, uh, is the coronavirus. We've all been affected by it. We all have had to take measures against it. I myself at my current day job have had to take my entire desktop computer home and I am working from home in a 435 square foot apartment and let me tell you it is kind of cramped in my bedroom where I had to set my workspace up. Although on the plus side it's given me a little bit better setup for uh, doing this podcast but that aside uh, there are some real concerns and there are some real precautions that everyone needs to take in this day and age it's just the way things are as i'm sure you've heard by now pretty much every single major sports league that is in season or would be in season at this point normally has had to postpone their season sports wise it pretty much started in the nba and it just trickled down to all major sports from there uh even with college basketball shutting down march madness the nhl obviously my favorite sport to watch, uh, shutting down or suspending league operations at the moment. And just in the probably one of the most exciting times of the season when they're pushing towards the, the playoffs. So that's been a real bummer for me. Uh, it's been a real bummer probably for most guys and for most fans of that. Obviously, a lot of schools have been closed a lot of colleges have switched all their courses to online courses and there won't be any physical meeting on campus for the foreseeable future until this whole thing blows over. And it's just a really frustrating and strange time to, to be alive and to be part of the world right now. Uh, I guess things are very, very bad in uh, Italy and in Europe. Uh, I know that Italy is pretty much under quarantine right now. You're seeing viral videos coming out of there of entire neighborhoods getting together and, and trying to, to sing and while they're in quarantine. And I just saw a, a headline here today that a lot of Californians are trying to practice social distancing, and that's become a new term that I never thought would would become a mainstream phrase and that I didn't really think was a common phrase going into this whole thing was social distancing and uh, those of us introverts call that a Tuesday you know I mean you 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 go straight home from work you change into your pajamas and you watch stuff on YouTube for the rest of the night but that's been pretty much everyone's weekend and pretty much everyone who is not working remote that's what they're going to be doing here that's uh as I said before, I, I can't really speak it to anything else that it's just a really strange time to be alive and a strange time to be to be a human being. But just just know that 
when I first heard, I'm, I was, I'm, I'm cynical. I'm, I'm like a lot of guys on, on my side of the political spectrum that when the news first broke and, and when this first became a news story, it was, I kind of brushed it off in my own mind, like, oh, well, this is nothing worse than walking pneumonia. It's nothing worse than the, the flu. And I've, I've come to learn that that's not the case, that this is a definitely something to be concerned about and it's something that spreads very very quickly and you could have the virus and not even manifest symptoms it's it it spreads like it's one of those type of viruses and i'm not a doctor nor do i play one on tv but i i know that the best thing to exert in times like this is just common sense and precaution and not to panic and not to go out and buy massive amounts of toilet paper. I mean, who the hell thought it was a good idea to buy a pallet's worth of toilet paper? I mean, it's it's a respiratory disease. It's not dysentery. You're not going to poop yourself till you croak. It's not you're not on the Oregon Trail here, people. Um, one thing I will say though about the being cooped up is that you have a lot of time to look at memes about coronavirus. So that's. Uh, that's de- definitely one thing that uh, that I've come to enjoy is that there's a, a lot of a lot of good memes about, out there about it. But like I said, if you're if you're in an area where there've been confirmed cases cases, just practice that social distancing, practice that common sense, practice that precaution, and looking at there's even state by state. Uh, news coverage of it uh, on MSN. Uh, the Tennessean is reporting as of the time of this recording, March 16th. Uh, happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, by the way. Uh, according to the CDC, um, being exposed to the coronavirus and then becoming seriously ill is low for most people. That So e- even though the, the risk is low, you still have to take precautions against it. Uh, as of the day of date of this recording, the uh, Tennessee is now reporting 52 cases of coronavirus statewide. Uh, I'm not sure where that ranks uh, amongst the country, but from what I hear, uh, New York and California and, and Washington are there's there's pretty widespread cases in in those states and in those areas. So if you're listening to this in those areas, just be all that more cautious about it. Um, this this is something very 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 serious. This is something that you need to take with more than just a grain of salt. And this is something that uh, that you do need to to maintain calm and maintain focus in in the state of this uh, this national concern. That's something that there's an old saying that I can't remember where it came from. That the mark of a good man, the mark of a great man, is being calm and not losing your head in a situation where everyone else is kind of, you know, maintaining that quote unquote ice water in your veins. So I just want to say, you know, for the common sense stuff, like if you're sick, don't go into work if you, if if your office if your workplace is still meeting and they haven't figured out a way to to work remote. If you're sick, don't go into work. Wash your hands. If you weren't washing your hands before, what the hell is wrong with you? I my my mom would make me feel like absolute crap if she found out that or if she even guessed or surmised that I came out of that bathroom without washing my hands, wash your hands, people. It's it's simple hygiene. You know, wash your hands. Stay home if you can if you have the capability to stay home and work from home, or if you're home, you know, and, and you're sick, don't go into work. Don't spread the misery to others, and just use common sense. And you don't need a pallet of toilet paper. Coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about just some more general health and wellness stuff that uh, involves specifically men. Um, There are a lot of unique health challenges that 
are presented to men in this day and age. And then after that, we're going to talk with my special guest, Dylan Valenzuela. Uh, as I said before, he's the manager and program director at Awatuki Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. And he's helped me on my own weight loss journey here over the last two years. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, just want to let you know that if you want to interact with the show and provide potential topics for me to cover during the show, you can interact with me on social media via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, TikTok, Switch, Snapchat, however you like to use social media. Or you can email me at m60podcast at gmail.com. That's the letter M, the number 60, podcast at gmail.com. And just put in the subject line, article, or potential show suggestion and I will review it accordingly. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. Now, in this segment, um, we're just going to talk about some general health statistics surrounding men in this day and age. And we're going to avoid all the coronavirus talk. We're going to leave that behind because I'm sure people are getting coronavirus overload. And I certainly am, especially given the the situation that I'm now in. So I pulled up a uh, quick fact sheet from the CDC. This is from... uh, 2017, but it lists some uh, some interesting facts about men's health and these statistics around the country. And there'll be a link to this uh, this uh, in the show notes. And I'm just going to go through a few of them and uh, and react. And the good thing about the CDC uh, webpage here is that they do list the source where they uh, where they got these facts. So um, let's go ahead and dive right right into them. So, overall health status, percent of men aged 18 and over in fair or poor health. The CDC shows that at 12%. Uh, I would say that that number is probably higher, that they probably have a generous threshold of where poor health, where good health ends and poor, fair to poor health begins. Uh, alcohol use percentage of men aged 18 and over who have had five or more drinks in one day at least once in the past year 30.9 percent i would also wager that that's probably a little bit higher um just factoring in what i did on new year's eve this past year um you know had a good time um but uh, also you know Drank, uh, drank a little more beer than I usually do. Um, physical activity. This is one that I found interesting here, too. Percentage of men 18 and over who met the 2008 Federal Physical Activity Guidelines for Aerobic Activity through Leisure Time Aerobic Activity, 57.6%. I, judging by how many men that I know that, that hate cardio, I would say that that's probably... A little generous on that, or the uh, the CDC's definition of physical activity is probably very, very generous on that. Um, yeah, a lot. Of, you, you do see a lot of men that do strength training and, and things like that. So I'm not going to say take a wide swath and say that that there's not enough men out there that that aren't physically active. But I would say that, especially in this day and age. John Eldridge cites it in uh, in his book Get Your Life Back that we spend over ninety percent of our time indoors, and that's actually one of the things I know I told told you I wouldn't go back to anything related to the coronavirus, but since I am kind of practicing social distancing and I am working from home because of the stupid thing, I'm spending a lot more time indoors. I don't think I've really except for taking the trash out. Well, no, I do take that back. I, I did go to Best Buy the other day to get some um, things that I needed to set up for my home office, but 
other than that, you know, I didn't really leave my apartment much over the weekend, and, you know, that's, sometimes that's a normal weekend, but other times that's, that's not a normal weekend. So, you know, physical activity, I would say that that's one thing that, that men do need to, to focus on. Smoking. Percentage of men 18 and over who currently smoke cigarettes, 15.7%. I would say that's probably about right. I, I don't. I, I know a few people that, that do smoke regularly now still, but I would say that number's dwindled even from when I was younger. I mean, the, the, we, we pretty much know what smoking cigarettes over an extended period of time is going to do to you. It's, it's not going to be... It's not going to be good. Obesity. According to the CDC, percentage of men aged 20 and over with obesity is 36.6%. And that is a very sad and telling statistic. Uh, I Unfortunately, I fall into that category. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I Even though I did mention earlier in the episode that I, I have dropped some weight. I still think I fall into that, at least into that over overweight category, uh, which which isn't good. And and it's it's very hard to get down to a healthy weight. And but the problem is, is that it's very easy to go from that healthy weight and that healthy body fat percentage back to an unhealthy percentage, just because of the way things are in the Western world. We're we're pretty coddled. Uh, if you think about it, we're we're just so we've got everything at our fingertips. We've got infinite entertainment and information at our fingertips. We don't need to go out and really we don't really need to go out and procure anything. I mean, yeah, hell, you can punch in your grocery store or order over the phone, providing you don't get too much toilet paper. You won't get any you know backlash on that, but. You can pull up your favorite grocery store's app and punch in your punch in the order that you need. You drive, they bring it out to your car. You drive home. You know, you don't have to go out and hunt anything. You don't have to go out and procure anything. You don't have to slaughter your own food. And and it's just it's no wonder that things like obesity and hypertension, high blood pressure, and because we're we're cooped up all the time and. We're not doing the things that, that we were designed to do as men. Hypertension. Leading into that, the percentage of men aged 20 and over with hypertension measured high, and that's defined as measured high blood pressure and or taking antihypertensive medication from 2013 to 2016, according to this uh, CDC link here, 33.1% of men in the United States and I would say that that number is probably going to get higher over the next 10 years. Health insurance coverage. Percentage of males age 65 or under without health insurance coverage, 12.2%. It's too costly to get health care. Not health care. Oh, I don't want to fall into that. I don't want to fall into the. It's very hard to get health insurance privately unless you can get have some kind of an arrangement through your employer and... It's very hard to pay those high medical bills. We we do have a, a serious health care problem in the country, but I'm of the opinion that more government isn't going to to help that, especially you know, my political opinion. Um, everybody's going to be offering it up here, but you know, I I I don't think a guy like Bernie Sanders is going to fix the health care crisis. I mean, hell, the guy can, can't even comb his hair properly. He looks like he combs it with a, with a damn balloon. So the, the, the topic of that is going to be left to another discussion for another time. But just know that, that as much as lack of access to affordable health insurance affects everyone else, it affects men also. Leading causes of death among men, heart disease, cancer, uh, accidents, unintentional in injuries. Men have a, an extremely high rate of uh, workplace-related deaths just because they work more dangerous jobs. Uh, 
that's just the that's just how things have always been in the United States and in the Western world with men. So, like I said, I will have this uh, this link to the CDC's website about fast uh, fast. It's called Fast Stats for related to men's health. I'll post that in the show notes. And let's move on to a couple other things that uh, health and wellness that uh, that are tied directly to men's issues. Now, the source of this information here is from menshealthforum.org.uk. Uh, it was published in observance of Men's Health Week in 2019. Men's Health Week is June, I, I don't know what it is this week, but last year it was uh, the middle of June. So we'll say that, that it's going to probably fall right around the same point in time this year. Key numbers for men is uh, something that's listed here in this website. 37. A waist size of 37 inches or above puts you at increased risk of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Raising my hand guilty on that one. I currently have uh, size 40 jeans, although I, I probably have a little bit of wiggle room in there given that I've lost some weight here recently. But, uh, um, but still... That definitely needs to come down. And for my body type, when I was probably at my healthiest, I was right around a 36. Um, so some of that probably is going to depend on your body type too. And you know, plus, ladies, if you're listening, I, I do have kind of a rather large posterior too for for my body type. So that affects the size of jeans that I buy. A 150. Men should aim for 150 minutes of moderate physical activity a week. Now you break that down, five days in a week, 30 minutes a day. You can do. You can walk. You can lift weights. You can do some type of sporting activity for at least 30 minutes a day. If you get a lunch hour, you can break that in half. And again, I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to other men out there five the number five we should aim to eat five portions of fruits and vegetables a day now since i am on a specialized meal plan from um from dylan our, our guest coming up here in the next segment uh, i i'm only eating three portions of fruit and vegetables a day but i do have uh, i do take a nutritional supplement to to back that up and fix that. There's a lot of men out there they don't necessarily like fruits and vegetables. You got to learn to love that. You got to learn to like that. You got to learn to be able to incorporate that into your diet. 14, maximum 14 units of alcohol a week. And this is coming from Australia and I do hear that they like their drinks down there so we can kind of maybe take it. Well, no, this is from the UK. Um I I I would say we can try and minimize that to, to maintain a healthy lifestyle of 14 units of alcohol. Next number we're talking about here, I kind of feel like I'm the count on Sesame Street, but I won't do the impression. 10, 10 cigarette smokers die 10 years younger on average than non-smokers. Now, the old joke among smokers is that they're taking out the 10 worst years of your life. It's the nursing home years. I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds really good to you at this point but they're going to be just as agonizing for you when you're dying of lung cancer uh, and god knows what other type of cancer that you're going to be getting from from all that smoking that you're doing 120 over 80 normal blood pressure uh, next number 75 75 percent of suicides are by men and that is a very sobering statistic. If if you are in a place in life where you think suicide might be a viable option for you, I would encourage you to talk to someone about it. If you can't afford a mental health professional, find a pastor. Interact with your local your local church, your your local pastor, and and get some help that way. Suicide prevention hotline also. Uh, I'll post a link to that in the show notes also if if you are in that type of a situation. 
So just some other quick numbers to be made aware of. One man in five dies before the age of 75. Two men in five dies... I'm sorry. One man in five dies before the age of 65. Two men in five die before the age of 75. Once again, three out of four suicides are committed by men. So what do all these numbers tell us? What do these articles tell us? Is that your physical health and your mental health needs to be a priority. You only have one body and you need to take care of it. And physical health ties in so much to your mental well-being, to your energy level, to the positive uh, endorphins and the, the, the feelings, the hits of dopamine that you get when you when you exercise and when you are able to achieve a goal through that. We're going to talk a little bit about that with, with Dylan, but the the opposite of maintaining an unhealthy lifestyle is just as devastating as maintaining a healthy lifestyle is positive. Now, the sinister thing about it is that through lack of discipline and just overall making excuses, it's easy to maintain an unhealthy lifestyle. It's easy to stop at McDonald's on the way home and get that number three with a Coke. It's easy to, a long, after a long hard week at work, especially if you work a job where you're doing manual labor, it's easy to come home and not want to not want to cook. It's easy to to call up the local pizza place down the street and get a get a large all meat pizza and and have that brought to you along with a a two liter of whatever soda beverage you want to consume. Or it's easy to sit down and have a have a cheeseburger and and some ice cream and and drink your favorite IPA. It's it's easy to do that. Believe me, I've I've been there. I I've been in a situation here even recently in the last few years where I was working a part-time job upwards of 20 to 25 hours on top of a stressful 40 plus hour work week in in the corporate world as a purchaser. And believe me, when you're a purchaser, you want to talk about being blamed for things that you don't have anything to do with, then you know, talk to someone who's a buyer for a day, but that's neither here nor there. The point that I'm trying to make with that is that it was easy to come home at the end of the night, or it was easy, like, Saturday nights, I was really guilty of this because I had just, just, just think about the, the insanity of what I was doing, and if Dylan hears this, he's going to he's going to think to himself, "Well, God, no wonder you were up over 300 pounds." But I would work a full shift at the uh, pizza place that I was working at part time, and then at the end of the night, I would either go over to the Jack in the Box that was across the street. And I would get the double cheeseburger and a large Oreo milkshake, or I would order something from the IHOP that was across the street, or sometimes if I was out early enough and I could go through the Wendy's drive-thru, I would go through the Wendy's drive-thru and get something really terrible for me, or, you know what, sometimes I would go the opposite way of my apartment, and I would go down to the QT gas station and get some ice cream at the gas station, just because it was I had just had a very long week, and it was the end of my work week, and I wanted to just chill out and veg out and that was one of many things that I did that was very detrimental to my health and it finally got to the point where uh, a very good friend very good friend of mine his father passed away uh, due to complications of sleep apnea and that's another thing that affects not only men but also women but if you're overweight you are at a higher very high risk of sleep apnea and if you experience that, then that's 
a very, very deadly condition that can affect you almost as much as any other type of health health condition. But through diet and exercise and, and being tested for it, you can you can overcome that also. So I've rambled a little bit here about health and wellness, but I just want to bring it back to this that, that your health your mental and your physical health needs to be a priority and it needs to be something that that you work on and that you need to set goals towards. So what we're going to do next is we're going to talk with my good friend Dylan Valenzuela of Awatuki Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. He's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, weight loss and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And then we'll wrap it all up in a bow with a nice homework session. This is the M60 Podcast. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and joining me for this episode is my very good friend, uh, Dylan Valenzuela. He is the director and program manager at Awatuki Weight Loss in Phoenix, Arizona. Dylan, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So Dylan and I um, met when I was living out in Phoenix. Um, I was in a bit of a terrible spot health-wise. Um, I was well up over 300 pounds, which was the heaviest that I had ever been in my entire life. And uh, a good friend of mine uh, passed away from sleep ap- complications of sleep apnea, and he was overweight also. And so that's what led me to uh, finally meeting up with Dylan and, uh, and joining his program. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about his program and the uh, health benefits of, of weight loss and a healthy lifestyle today. And uh, we'll talk about maybe two or three other things. But uh, Dylan, the overarching theme of the podcast is uh, for us to explore what it means to be a man in the 21st century. So if someone were to stop you on the street, uh, just at random and asked you that question, how, how would you answer that? Uh, you know, honestly, it's a really good question because this is one of the most common questions we get within our office and, uh, with physicians that I talk with, uh, very frequently, um, to get your health and wellness back on track, you know, there's basic foundations of what you need to do to allow yourself and allow your what's called physiology. And physiology is just the it's the mechanism of action of how your vital organs are going to be working and how they're going to uh, operate. Uh, in order to do so, you need to take some basic steps of you know making sure you're hydrated properly every single day, um, making sure that you're taking supplements that are necessary for you know mental health or physical health. Um, we can get into that a little bit later. But overall, your diet is most important. Um, the diet is the driving unit to your, not only your muscle tissue, but your vital organs. And it allows the body to operate properly, just like uh, an engine uh, to a vehicle. Um, you have an engine to a vehicle that you haven't uh, thrown an oil in in a while. Uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things that we talk about uh, with patients is making sure that we have an operating engine and uh, you know finding the foundation of what that is. And that's usually your uh, overall water intake, diet, and, um, you know, just cardiovascular exercise. And not saying that you have to do CrossFit for, you know, two hours every single day, but just moving your body when you can instead of being as sedentary as we are as the, you know, 21st century rolls around, we're sitting behind a desk with a laptop screen in front of our face or a a cell phone. So, you know, making sure that we're staying as active as we possibly can. Good, good. Yeah, I I know that's a 
when the times that I've made healthy life adjustments is definitely getting, uh, I, I would say that, uh, when I made strides, um, many years ago was when I changed my, my diet more so than my exercise habits. And that, that was what really, uh, was the trigger for me to, uh, to, to begin that. And then obviously the, the worse my diet got, the worse my own health got. Um, so what, what would you say some of the, uh, health issues, um, that are due to being overweight and being, being obese, especially specifically tied to men? What are some of those issues that, uh, that you've seen in your practice over the years? Uh, well, the most common one that we deal with is obviously high blood pressure issues, hypertensive disorder. Um, managing that is very difficult. You got to reduce a lot of sodium in the diet, which is very hard in our day and age with um, the convenience foods that we have on a day-to-day basis on every corner of every street. Uh, but I think one of the biggest ones that I actually do deal with with my male patients is um, what's called hypogonadism. And hypogonadism is a very fancy uh, word for just saying low testosterone. Um, the lower our testosterone gets as we gain weight, uh, weight and fat, which is also known as adipose tissue, increases estrogen in the body. And estrogen is the main hormone that women will store. And that's why, you know, in all due respects to, you know, women's physical uh, aspects, it's that's why they have breasts and they have hips. And we don't have breasts and hips. Um, but as we start to gain weight, we start to show more of the physical features of a female in regards to what we call, I guess, uh, man boobs. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to try to balance that out. And as we lose weight and we lose fat, the low testosterone levels start to shift themselves and increase testosterone serum inside of the bloodstream and reduce estrogen, which is uh, reducing the fat cell inside of the body. And, and lo and behold, you can uh, reduce some of the low testosterone uh, symptoms such as, you know, low libido, uh, low, uh, low energy, just a lack of drive to just, you know, do your day-to-day life. You can reduce that by losing, um, you know, depends on where your weight's at, but 20 to 30 pounds, you can significantly feel a difference with your, with your drive just as an overall, uh, male figure. And that's, that's both mental and physical too. What, what are some of the, uh, the healthy mental benefits of, of, uh, of weight loss? Uh, well, with weight loss comes increased activity. When you increase your activity because you're feeling a lot better about yourself and you're feeling that you can actually move around and your knees aren't killing you, uh, what ends up happening is you have a natural release of what's called serotonin, and serotonin is the uh, quote-unquote happy hormone. Uh, when you have that natural release during exercise, um, you know most have said that is decreased depression, decreased anxiety, um, decreased, uh, any kind of other, uh, uh, um, psychological disorders, uh, that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know, just the general stress of life, um, you know, sitting, be sitting behind somebody and having a supervisor telling you what to do and how to do it, you know, can be demoralizing as a, uh, as a male. And at this point, you know, increasing your exercise load is going to be one of those beneficial things that are going to help with that natural release of serotonin instead of synthetically getting it from uh, a medication that a doctor can prescribe you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Dylan Valenzuela joining us on the M60 podcast, the uh, director and program manager at Awatuki Weight Loss. Uh, Dylan, I know you are actually one of the uh, testimonials on your website. Um, just take us back to uh, the point in your life where you made the decision to uh, to change your lifestyle and to uh, to to really dedicate yourself to uh, to weight loss and and transitioning into a healthy lifestyle. Um, just what what were the circumstances that led to that, and uh, how how have you been able to maintain that healthy lifestyle and that healthy weight? So pretty much asking me, uh, how did I take on the battle? <laughs> how did I live through? How, how did I live through the trenches of what weight loss is? Um, well, back in 2008, when I actually graduated college, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, have my externship uh, coordinator drop me into uh, a doctor's office uh, that was very interested in health and wellness and obesity management at the time. And in 2008, the epidemic wasn't as big as it is now, but at that point, you know, it was a, a growing wave that we needed to start managing it at a more medical level. My doctor comes to me and 
says, well, I know your background, which I graduated with physiology and kinesiology, which is just, uh, um, it's a, it's a pre-med type of degree where we're going to look at, you know, looking at the vital organs, looking at the movement of the body and so on and so forth. So dietetics, uh, being a dietitian is something that comes with that. And my doctor said, as I was going through my externship, uh, coordinating position, um, he said, I'm very interested in obesity management, and I would love to have someone who has that background in college and that education to run a program. But in order for you to do that, you got to fit the part. So at this point, I've gone through just about five to six years worth of college education and schooling, and this is my career. And at this point in my career, I wanted to you know, move forward and you know, be the best I can be. And I got an opportunity to run my own weight loss program. And he gave me 10 weeks to lose the weight that I had on. And by the time I graduated uh, college, I was about 207 pounds, about five, seven, five, eight with a good stretch in the morning. And I decided that I needed to make the change in my life. So I put myself on the program that I eventually uh, created in my junior year of college. And I decided to go ahead and put myself through what I'm going to eventually put patients through, clients through, um, customers through. And I ended up losing 56 pounds in nine weeks uh, by just diligently telling myself on a day-to-day basis that if you want to better yourself and you want to be the person you want and need to be, then you need to put forth the effort that takes to do a lot of different things. And losing weight is not like dropping alcohol if you're an alcoholic or dropping nicotine if you're a tobacco abuser or stopping drugs because you're an illicit drug abuser it's you have to eat to survive and it's a different type of addiction that a lot of people in our world deal with um so i ended up losing 56 pounds in nine weeks starting my program back in 2008 and 12 years later i'm talking on your podcast john well, here, here we are. Here we are. Here, yeah, so, here we are today. Yeah. So this, this isn't anything that uh, that you haven't been through. So if someone comes into your office whining and complaining about how you're uh, you're such a skinny guy sitting on the other side of the desk and you don't know what us fat people go through, then you can just be like, uh, bull. Yeah. In order to uh, you know talk your talk, you got to walk your walk and. A little bit backwards from a lot of people from what they hear, but and we had to we had to go through our own lifestyle changes. And in order to maintain this, uh, it's been about twelve years now since I've been maintaining the just about sixty pounds that I lost. And one of the biggest reasons and motivating factors when I have my weak moments, because everyone's going to have their weak moments. It doesn't matter, um, you know, how much you've lost. You're you're going to always have that weak moment. But uh, when I think about my weak moments, I remind myself of how hard. Uh, It was to commit myself mentally to make the sacrifices and, you know, say the no's that I need to say uh, when friends ask me out to, you know, go out and have some food and happy hour and stuff like that takes a lot of um, mental sacrifice. And that's what I feel most confident about is the fact that I was able to mentally sacrifice myself in the sense of, you know, changing my health and wellness to better my life. So you you would say that that's probably the... uh the most difficult aspect of, of losing weight and adopting a healthy lifestyle. And, um, I would go as far as to say, just making any life changes, just, just maintaining that discipline and, and sacrifice and, and saying no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at, and I talked, I've done more than a handful worth of lectures in front of 500 plus physicians and have told them this is not a physical disease. This is not a metabolic disease. Weight loss is a psychological disease that we need to manage in more of a medical setting in the sense that you need to understand that it's it's an addiction that you have to understand the facts that you have a void filler. You have an anti-anxiety. You have an antidepressant. You have something that's going to help you get that moment of bliss, but that moment of bliss only lasts for 30 minutes, and we have to deal with the next 30 hours of you know, sheer hell. Uh, and the fact that we fed into our own, our own addiction and we know that our health is at risk and sometimes that is not enough, but, you know, hopefully 
that we start understanding that this is uh, a bigger issue than just um, just a physical problem. Like I don't exercise enough. No, it's not about exercise. It's about the exercise that your hand does to your mouth in the sense of what you put in your body for fuel and uh, and energy. So what would you say to um, maybe the, the skeptic out there that, that would say that, um, that would say that, you know, all the, that, that they don't exercise enough or that they would be healthier if, if blank, uh, you know, if, if they, if they ran more, if they, if they had more time, what would you say to that, to, to that person that just keeps wanting to make the excuses and not, uh, not get on, not get on the program, not, uh, um, not make, not make that commitment. Start being self-accountable. Understand that your health is in your own hands. It's not in the doctor's hands. It's not in the dietitian's hands. We can only pave a road for you to drive on. But if you decide to take a right instead of a left, it's it's on your own cognition. And at this point, you have to understand that there's a lot of things that we have control over. We can't control how our boss treats us. We can't control how much money we make. We can't control what kind of car we drive, but we can control our own health. And having that kind of control is overwhelming uh, to feel that, feel that drive and feel that that sense of ability to be self-accountable because there's the whole reason why alcoholics go to uh, AA, you know, why people, you know, ask for support when they want to stop smoking cigarettes, but they're looking for someone to be accountable to and being accountable to somebody and having that accountability with somebody is a huge driving force because at this point it's an obvious reason we can't be self-accountable because if we wanted to make a million dollars, we'd go get the million dollars. But that's a want versus a need. If we needed it, we'd go get it. But if we want it, it's just a figment of agitation. And at this point, it's like um, it's almost like a resolution. Stop making resolutions. Start making goals and objectives and putting timelines to those goals and objectives to allow yourself to drive towards something. Because if you can't, then you're going to constantly ride the vicious circle of going up and down mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so let's say someone listening to to the uh the program right now they don't necessarily have the resources to to join to uh, go see a weight loss professional or a, or a dietitian what are some good practical starting points that uh, that they can use and, and utilize to begin their own weight loss journey and and really change around their their lifestyle into a into a healthy one yeah make progress in the right direction that's uh you know what i was actually this i was actually asked this question uh, a couple of years ago at a conference uh by um, a 25 year plus uh general practitioner doctor and he asked me what are the key components to the success of your patients because we've been looking at your success we've been looking at your um your numbers and we see that you're extremely successful with your patients and i told him mental commitment and accountability and he looked at me kind of you know with a bit of a turn of a head and he just said okay well yeah we can hopefully mentally commit patients um which is going to be difficult to do could we hold them accountable i don't know if we have that kind of time in our office so he's like what are some key things that you tell every single one of your patients and one of the most important things that I've learned in the past, um, I, I guess, 12 years at this point, water intake to the body allows nutrients to absorb inside of your system. Nutrients are extremely important to the body and to your muscle tissue, to your vital organs. So water intake is one of the most important things I talk about. Scheduling of your meals is the second thing I talk about. Scheduling of the meals is important because the body's what's called circadian rhythm uh, and to not to get scientific and things like that, circadian rhythm is a 24-hour cycle. And at this point, the body, you need to understand when it's burning food for fuel and fat for fuel. And if we can give it the opportunity to understand that on a daily basis on consistency and something I've talked to pretty much all the patients that I talk to is we need to grab consistency of when your body's understanding food for fuel and fat for fuel. And that's about developing time frame. 
So a lot of what the research we've done recently is if we can have our patients, and if we're talking to males in particular, depending on the weight that you're at right now, 120 ounces of water a day is probably a bare minimum to a lot of our, uh, our muscle tissues and engine sores. So 120 ounces is probably my biggest recommendation for a lot of patients. Um, but other than that, we've been studying intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is something that we have developed uh, in the medical uh, medical field for probably about the past seven years is creating fasting windows. And most of us work eight to five. And if we don't work eight to five, we're retired. So we're waking up a little bit later. And if that's the case, then at this point, we need to start fasting for the first six hours of our morning. And if we start fasting for the six hours of the morning, it allows the body to transition itself to burning fat. Once we get to fat burning stages, that's when the magic starts to happen. And we start to see the scale um, on the doctor's office go down and we start to see blood cholesterol go down. We start to see diabetes and uh, hemoglobin A1Cs go down, uh, blood pressure uh, starts to come down, and all of a sudden, all these blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, even cancer medications um, all start to be mitigated by the doctor and um, reduced or maybe even eliminated for the fact that you have lost the weight and the body doesn't have any more extra stress uh, that it needs to handle. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, w- I would say that um, having been through the program myself and still still being on the pro- uh, the program, that uh, get, that was probably the, the toughest part when I first started was doing that intermittent fasting and, and fasting for the the first part of the day. I, I can tell you the the first couple of days that I did that, I uh, to to coin a phrase, I wanted to punch a baby. So that I, I <laughs> think if uh, if you can get through, if you can get through that, and just understand that the the what I tell myself um, is when I get those those hunger pangs in my in my stomach, I'm just like, okay, well that's that's just my body's way of telling me that I'm burning the fat. That may or may not be true, but that's just the the mental picture that I try and and give myself to to get through it. Um, and then obviously one of the great things about about your program is the uh, is the weekly accountability. Um, I I can tell you when I've had bad weeks, just calling calling you up on the uh, on the app that we use to to talk to each other now is that uh, um, so some some days I kind of dread those calls because it's like well I <laughs> only lost uh, one pound or in the case a couple weeks ago I gained a few pounds back because I was uh, I was just decided to be a, a lazy fat ass so um, <laughs> but. Uh, I want to switch gears just a, a little bit here. Um, you are uh, you're about to become a father. Congratulations! Uh, that's, yeah, uh, that's thank you. Great, great news. Yeah, I, uh, my my guest at uh, my last episode, he uh, uh, he just had a or he 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 just his wife just uh, just had a baby. So he's um, he's he's really he's really super excited about it. And I can just hear it in, vo- in your voice, how, how excited you are about it. Uh, what, uh, what's it been like when, when you first found out that, uh, that you were going to have a, have a baby and what's that journey been like? And what, what are you looking forward to the most about, about fatherhood? Uh, you know what, when we first found out, um, it couldn't have been more, uh, magical. Um, uh, I was, in tears just i i can still like feel her body hugging me uh when we found out we were pregnant it was a really amazing situation because it's something that we decided that you know we sat down and we talked about it and we wanted to go ahead and start trying to see if we can um have a baby and you know uh by the blessings of god at this point i i couldn't be i couldn't be happier with the fact that we're um we're capable of actually um at you know soon uh birthing a child um so it's been an amazing journey she has been a rock star i can't ask for anyone better to be on my side and to be a mother of my child uh she complains of a little bit of back pain and some heartburn at the end of the day i mean you're (laughs) carrying extra load on your uh, belly so i can only imagine what that would be like Uh, and i do remember what that was like actually so i can't complain um but it's been an amazing journey and it really hasn't. She's just been perfect, uh, through the journey. And at this point we're going to be turning 32 weeks tomorrow. So we're coming down to the home stretch. We can see the finish line. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And 
the most excited thing I am to do is, you know, being a father is just teaching and educating um, and truly just, you know, holding that baby in my hands and, you know, having that, you know, moment where, uh, you know, a lot of fathers out there that listen to this podcast can, you know, say for the first time, you know, holding your uh, child for the first time couldn't be uh, more special. So very excited. Really am. Well, great. Congratulations on that again. I, I know uh, I can just, like I said before, I can hear how excited you are about it and I can, can tell that uh, that you're you're going to be a great dad. So um, congratulations once again. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't be happy for you. So um, Dylan Valenzuela, the uh, director, uh, program director at uh, Awatuki Weight Loss. And don't worry if you don't know how to spell Awatuki, I'm going to put... Uh, put that link in the show notes. Uh, he actually does uh, e-visits. So if you are not in the Phoenix area, but uh, you want to see Dylan and set something up with him, uh, you can go ahead and do that through his website. Uh, he's also on Facebook, Awatuki Weight Loss on Facebook. Um, we got about 30 seconds left, Dylan. Is there uh, anything that uh, that you want to plug or any any place, the other place that uh, I missed where people can find, uh, find your program or find your practice? Uh, you know what, just, Find something that you can be accountable to and don't look within your household. Look within the outside spectrum of doctors and uh, dietitians and nutritionists, people who are really looking out for your health and wellness. And, you know, just understand that that's a journey that you're not going to you're not going to love, but you'll love at the end of it when you can conquer it. And uh, the best luck to anyone who is trying to get their health and wellness back on track, whether that's weight loss or just reducing medications in your life and that's not obesity related just keep driving and keep your force going and you know god bless to you guys and hopefully you guys can find out a, a way to you know manage uh the difficulties that we have in our lives all right well thanks so much dylan i really do appreciate you being on the show today and uh, we'll have a quick wrap-up segment right after this stay with us Hey, this is the spot that every podcaster goes through when they put together some content where I tell you to like, share, and subscribe the podcast, leave a review, tell me how much you like me, tell me how much I suck, because I could probably use the criticism here in the early going. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. This is the homework slash wrap-up session. Just a couple of things I want to crystallize as we go into the next week with everything going on with coronavirus we need to practice a few things as men we need to be leaders in our community we need to show and practice empathy towards others who are in need and we also need to keep our calm we need to keep our head when everyone else is losing theirs and for god's sake you don't need a pallet worth of toilet paper or hand sanitizer i just i just had to get out there that out there as a parting shot Gyms are closed right now because of the virus scare, but do what you can to get active. Do what you can to seek the advice of a dietitian, a nutritionist, some type of medical professional to help you with your diet if you are, in fact, not partaking in a good diet right now. Really focus on that. As Dylan said, there's a lot of great benefits, both physical and mental, to losing weight and to... becoming healthier and to just basically adopting a healthy lifestyle. There's opportunities that you can do. You can take a walk, probably, especially this time of year where the weather is just now starting to warm up. Taking a walk is going to be good for you. Getting out of the, getting out of your house, your apartment, your condo is going to be good for you. And just keep in mind some of those health statistics that I went over in the solo segment after the intro about the coronavirus. Not everything, soon this coronavirus is going to be a thing of of the past. It's going to be a memory. But these numbers that I gave you are going to live on. Three out of four men, three out of four suicides are going to be committed by men. There's huge obesity and inactivity in the men's community right now and that's something that we need to work on so my challenge to you this week find a way to get active find a way to clean up that diet and 
keep calm, cool, and collected while everyone else is losing their head due to the coronavirus. And one more time, do not buy a pallet's worth of toilet paper. If you do, you are a jackass. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week.